Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inner Light with Ellen. It has been a while since I've um, brought a new episode, but thanks for tuning in to listen today. I'm looking forward to it. This this episode's a bit of a retrospective and a reflection on the present moment um, in honor of it being my birthday week. Um, I'm turning the big four zero which feels super weird to say, to say 40 or 40 or anything. I just feel like myself. I don't really feel, maybe this is what people say at a certain point. They just like, I just feel like myself and I don't really know what number it's attached to. Cause I think 40 can be so different for so many people. Um, my mom asked me how I feel and I was like, I feel 35 with more wisdom. <laughs> like maybe that's how I feel. Um, I'm not trying to be in resistance to anything. I'm just, uh, I just feel, I feel good. And it's interesting uh, to experience this. And I'm proud of myself for being where I'm at and and getting done what I've done. But anyway, uh, without rambling too much, I hope you enjoy today's episode. And stay tuned. About halfway through, I start to really dive in on some new stuff I'm developing. And um, I want you to check it out. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inner Light with Ellen. This is the show where I talk about coaching, spirituality, and important issues of our time that I'm passionate about. Um, Sometimes it'll just be me. Sometimes it'll be folks I invite onto the show that uh, we can all learn from. And I really hope you enjoy listening. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and go ahead and give it a rating so that other folks can find it too. And before you go, if you haven't already, head over to my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com and subscribe to my newsletter so you never miss an episode and you also get the other good stuff that comes your way. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inner Light with Ellen. I'm your host, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. I want to talk about with you today here is um, the present. And I want to get into the present a little bit more. Um, So yeah, I am. I have a birthday. It's on Thursday, July 15th. I just have to say I'm really partial to summer. I love being a summer child. I've always loved summer in the mountains and summer outdoors and swimming. And uh, like I've had to learn how to like winter sports. It's okay. But if you could give me like poolside or swimming or hiking um, and getting tan, like I'm in. So (laughs) sign me up. Um, But for being, being where I'm at, one of the biggest things that I've noticed about myself is that I feel like I'm at this current culmination point of like ideas and goals I had set for myself when I was 35. So about a five-year time frame here. And and that makes me laugh only just because as an aside, when my husband and I were starting a family, so this was 2013, 2014, which is when our first kiddo was born was 2014. Um, we had a five-year goal. And at that time it was really specific and concrete. It was just like getting him through school. So my husband already had a couple degrees. He was uh, trained as a forester and, or no, one degree, sorry, he has a couple now. And, uh, but he was working in, um, in baking and in food service. And so he was a pastry chef and a baker and definitely pulling baker's hours and baker's income, which I don't know, is not enough to sustain a family. And I had already gone through graduate school and had a pretty well paid um, job um, working within urban regional planning and community engagement, which is what I was, um, had gone to graduate school for. Um, But I, you know, 
we were going to have a kid. And I knew that at that point I was going to be the one that had to work. And I was like, how do we raise a family on this income? Uh, all those kinds of things. So we set this goal and he already knew he was going back to school. And so we were just like, basically like get him to school and get him also earning more so that we can have a more stable situation Um, in light also, because we knew some people like where one person lost their their job or their income, and then suddenly their whole family stability was thrown into question. And that happens a lot, and especially has happened a lot in the past year in 2020. And we just, um, we were like, well, in case that happens. So it was like a little bit doomsday scenario planning. Like we didn't want that to happen. And and so that was a big, big focus for our, our goal. <laughs> and then we were so excited. And it was 2013 when we set the goal and we said it's a five-year goal. And in 2018, when our second child had just turned one, my husband got his uh, job offer to be a nurse because uh, he had finished nursing school. So that five-year period was, um, he quit, He actually quit his job because we had our first child and my husband stayed home with him for the first 18 months so he could have a stay-at-home parent, but also because my husband was just in school pretty much. And so taking classes at night when I came home and then home during the day with our son. And that saved a lot on daycare costs. Uh, I don't know about where you are in the country or in the United States, but an Oregon daycare full-time for an infant is somewhere around $1,200 a month. Um, And that was out of reach completely for us. And so he stayed home. It was more cost-effective for that. And um, it was really, it was really great. And then honestly, we used student loans to pay for daycare when he got into his full-time program after getting his prerequisites done. So we got into a lot of debt um, with student loans, paying for childcare, quite honestly, because my made, I made enough to pay for our living situation, but I didn't quite make enough to pay for daycare also. Um, And so that was a point of tension. And honestly, weird, as I say it now, I realize I had a lot of shame in that because I couldn't afford what we needed. But as we know about the cost of living in the United States today, not many people can afford to do all the things the way that they would like to. And it's its own conversation. Um, but yeah, so in 2018, he got he got his job offer to work at a, a I feel like oh, if I say level one trauma hospital, does that, is that like the top one? Anyway, he's at that hospital. Um, and he works with abdominal transplant patients. Um, and plastics. So that's his, that's his patient population. And he, he's been there ever since and he's really enjoyed it. And I thought that I would sort of linger and we would be this like, you know, fancy dual income family. And I'd be able to like pay off some of our debt and we could like make something happen. But I had been chomping at the bit since about 2016 to have my own business and do what I wanted to do and not, and not do the job I was in. I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed my colleagues. Thank God. Um, it was a hard job. Uh, I did a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work, uh, a lot of community engagement work, building community and government relationships. Um, a lot of that, my official title was senior public affairs specialist, but that sounds way too formal for what it was. It was like building relationships and helping helping things helping things get better. Like I think I made a contribution there. Um, but what I really wanted was to work for myself and to to get into coaching work and to do more independent contracting as a facilitator. I still help 
in a lot of the same ways I did when I was an employee, but I just now do it as a contractor on a project-to-project basis with um, with clients that I know are in alignment with how I work. And I think that's been a really big um, strategic uh, gain for me. It, it feels really good. Um, and so we hit that goal in 2018 and I was like, yeah, I'll stay and we'll have better income for a while. I was like, nope. I had like three months in me, it turned out because I really, really, really wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to have quote unquote, my turn to be the one like working on myself so I could have this and didn't really register that we had a one-year-old and a four-year-old like, yeah, that's going to be easy to start a business and have the kids home more. Also, like this was the other part of my brain it was like, I missed four years with my son. I felt cause I wasn't the stay at home parent. And I know that this is a, a thing with parents everywhere. And some, some are like, no, women need to be able to stay in the workplace and have the support they need. And I physically just wanted to connect with him more. And I wish I had been able to take like a year or two years off of work, like paid parental leave, everyone paid parental leave so that we can be comfortable raising our really, really young children when they are so in need of us physically, right? Um, I was glad my husband can do it, but boy, did I want to be the one doing it. And so I thought I could get back a little time. So I, I set up a goal. I was like, I'm going to work on myself and my business three days a week, and I'm going to be home as the principal parent four days a week. So we pulled them out of their daycare situations about 80%. We kept them in a couple of days so that I had those days for work. It was still kind of expensive. Um, and I wasn't really making anything that first year. So it was like a little bit teetery. Um, but but we got we got through it and we figured it out. And I was hitting all of those early business things, like figuring out how not to feel like an employee anymore and not feel like an employee with clients I was getting. Cause that was really tenuous because I didn't know how to be sovereign to myself and in charge of myself as a business owner yet. Um, I still felt like me trying to be in this sort of like pleasing role as opposed to like you hired me to be a consultant and, or you hired me to be your coach and had, well, I wasn't doing it as in the coaching role that when I always felt really comfortable as a coach, but it was more in the, if I was hired for a contract, I felt like moving back into this like employee role. And that was really bizarre. Um, and it took a while to to learn how to not do that. And I think that that's something important if you're thinking yourself of transitioning from an employer role to opening your own practice or business in any kind of area to, to really sit down and think about what does that mean in terms of like what's working for you now as an employee, what's not working for you, and then how not to carry those behaviors over into your own work after that. Um, I'm getting a little bit off track. What else are we talking about here? So we're talking about the present. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of where we're at, we're at now. I'm, I feel transitioned <laughs> and I'm turning 40 and I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe my five-year goal worked just about the same as my husband's five-year goal. And we're kind of in this new spot now in 2021. And it's not quite been five years because I'm in my fourth year for barely four years of, um, independent practice, 18 19, 20, 23. Yeah. Going in my fourth year. There we go. So that's where we're at. So, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better. My kids are also older, um, four and a half and seven and a half now. And, um, it's gone well, even during the pandemic, cause just more about me. We already had decided to homeschool, um, my son for kindergarten. Um, he was asking for it. He had been in school programs or daycare since he was 18 months old. Like I said, my daughter was in it, uh, since five months, I got to stay home with her a little longer the second time around, but, um, 
she stayed in a program until she was about a year and a half old, a little older than that. And um, we were like, yeah, eventually we just took them out completely and managed our schedules, right? Because my husband's a nurse. So he works three 12 hour shifts a week. He's home four days a week. So we made this agreement that he would be parent on point on the days he was home. And I would be parent on point the days he was at work. And that gave me three solid days of work. Um, sorry, four solid days of work if I wanted it, but I like to try to not do that. Um, so that we have some family time together on that, on that fourth day that he's home. doesn't always work, but we try. Um, and so it worked out, but so we were able to homeschool because somebody was always home. And, uh, then the pandemic hit about, you know, almost all the way through my son's kindergarten year. And we were like, well, thank heavens we decided to do that. And so we've been doing it since, and this year he's going to go into a part-time school program with homeschool families. Cause I do want him to have more, um, just a bigger community, right? We, we moved. And so our community of neighbors and local friends has shifted in the past four months. And I, I do want him to make new friends. And um, my daughter will take some part-time kind of classes there as well. There's a like a homeschool family school. It's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> in our area and our, our kids are going to be going there, um, for this coming school year. So we can expand our community a little bit. If you have questions about homeschooling and why more, I'm happy to answer them, but I'll stop talking about that really quick. Um, and, and so, yeah, so here we are, here we are. That's the family catch up. I feel like I'm hitting some, some goal milestones this year in 2021, even though the world is still evolving into all of our new ways of being. And, I think that that disruption last year and sort of the intentionality I have around slowing down and acknowledging that things will be slow when I do make a change, even though in my mind early on, I might think it's going to be a lot faster is, has been super helpful for me. It's like the gain out of the hardness of the past year and a half. And I'll say it hasn't also been that easy. Like I might, I am beyond designing structured activities every day and intentional home learning environments. I like we're on break break for summertime because I I felt like I was pretty good at it for like the first year and a half. And I started to hit some burnout in June. And so I'm not even trying to do anything this summer and like going outside as much as possible. And we did just take a good vacation. We were outside a ton. We camped for like 17 days. It was awesome. And, um, we got home and I was like, yep, we're going outside again. And so I just took him to the lake yesterday for the whole day and was like, we're not, I'm not even going to be in the house. I don't want to do it <laughs> unless I'm working. Cause I get a lot of joy out of my creative projects, but with the kids, it's nice out. Let's go. Um, yeah, so, so that's where we're at. And I think one of the most interesting things about where I am in the present is also being, and this is like abrupt turn I hope you stayed as a part of the conversation until right now, because this is where like this other part of me is a lot more comfortable to be out and it's, uh, it's psychic. (laughs) And I think that is, I would have just cringed at admitting that a while ago, but I've been very intuitive my whole life. When my daughter was born, my second child, I'll just have to share it. There was this weird experience where I just felt like my, uh, I'm, if, you can't see me because this is not video, but um, like the part where your third eye is, right? Like that spot in the center of your forehead, but in a little bit above your, you know, between your eyebrows and up a little bit in there, like wherever, you know, that sixth chakra area, I felt it like 
opening in this weird way. And a lot of interesting phenomena started to happen for me, things that I would notice. Um, and when I would be at work with, with colleagues, I would start to see things around them. And I was like really intrigued and curious and open to it. I grew up in a very new age friendly home. Um, we, they weren't like, I mean, it's like Wayne Dyer books were like in our bathroom, right? Like Edgar Casey stuff. Um, if you know who those people are, um, but just like psychic phenomena, like my parents were into it. They were interested. My dad was like really into mindful breathing, um, like in the eighties and nineties. And my mom, I think my mom's family has something to do with this. Cause she was telling me her grandma could like, was like a medium and could talk to folks who had crossed over things like that. But I was always like, well, never got to me. That'd be cool. But we were in a, I was raised in a home that was open to it. So I didn't like shut it down when I started to see stuff. And, um, one of the things I remember in particular was talking to this young woman outside. She was really young. She was not an intern. She had a really important position in the department I worked in, but she was like, I don't know, in her early twenties. And I was just constantly impressed by her um, and the work that she did and her, the way she carried herself and her power in her voice. And I was sitting on a bench talking to her and all of a sudden I could see blue light and there was the images of women going back. And I was like, oh my God your generational people are all behind you. It was just like over, just talking about it now, it kind of brings tears to my eyes. It was really, really powerful. And um, I was like, okay, this is weird. And uh, people would be talking sometimes and I'd start to see light flashing off of their hands when they would be talking about something really that they were passionate about. I could just see like the energy of things more. And so it started to kind of infiltrate into other areas. Like if I'd be having a and I think this has actually been happening most of my life anyway, but, and it's why I'm interested in coaching is because I've always had this like knack at reading between the lines just a little bit to understand the energy motivation under a situation. But sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, a bunch of information would just come into my head and I would say it all. And the person I would be talking with would be like, oh my God, how do you know that? And I would be like, well, I just do for some reason. And I never felt like I could own it because it didn't feel like me. I felt like I was like channeling information, right? And that's that started to feel to me like a little bit too woo-woo, even for me who's really open and into it, right? And so I just kind of was like, oh, here we go, whatever, whatever this is. And um, But I did end up finding a place where I could take some classes around developing your psychic ability. And I started to get really curious about it because I wanted – I wanted support to teach me about what it was in a way that felt not like crystals and magic all the time, right? Like that would be, that would be too much. And, um, cause even I'm not into like the crystal and the magic and the ball and the flowy floral garments and all that kind of stuff. Like that doesn't feel like me. I just needed to like get some straight up information. So there's a place in, in my city where I live where that, that was like available. And it wasn't like, it didn't have like that Los Angeles vibe, like woo blessings, blah, blah, blah. There's like no blessings involved. So I really liked it. I really like it. And, um, maybe I can convince some of my teachers to come on as guests at some point. But anyway, I took a class in psychic meditation, changed my life changed how I meditate. Totally amazing. Um, for me, it just gave me insight to the control that I have around my energy body. And I practiced that for three years, just the simple tools from that one class. And then um, 
I knew I could, I could learn more from these teachers. And so I sought out a training last year and I'm still in it. I'm almost finished. Um, but it's, it's, it's how to use my clairvoyant gifts, right? It's the ability to see within my mind's eye. That's the word I was looking for, for third eye is the mind's eye. And, um, it's like the part where I can see with my eyes closed or eyes opened, like the, the, the lines of women behind this one woman I was talking to that one time or the other stuff that I see that I haven't even gone into that I'll see with my eyes open. And then, but the clairvoyant training is helping me see the energy no matter where it is and to discern it and understand it. And it's not about predicting the future. It's not about like diving into someone's deepest, darkest secrets that they don't want seen. It's about reading the energy. And it's like, that's what I've been doing my whole life anyway. I used to joke as a facilitator when I'd be facilitating conversations with 10, 20, 100 people, like my superpower is I can read a room. And like, that literally is my superpower. And all of us have varying levels of this. And then I'm just putting a lot of focus and intention on using it in a really in-depth way that works for me. And it's been, it's been so helpful because it's about also me clearing out the stuff that isn't mine from my system so that I can see more clearly for myself and for others if they desire it, right? And that's kind of my goal. And so that's what I'm really excited about is kind of come towards the end of my training. Like I'm probably going to start offering intuitive readings. Um, I've already been doing it in a lot of ways with my friends, not like formally. Uh, I'm not doing it because I, I want to finish the training first. So I feel really ready for all the stuff that I want to be able to look at, but like in conversation, right. My whole life I've been intuitively reading, but I haven't known how to be sure it's clean. Like what I'm reading, isn't like some weird part of my ego coming out or it's not like channeling information, but that's misinformation, right. Cause I just want to feel good about having something to say. I'm able to clear out what isn't mine and then also get really neutral, which has been hard for me because I live in my heart and my heart is like love and affection and compassion and empathy and like diving right in there with you. Like I'm so good at that, but within intuitive readings, it's about getting neutral and like being unattached to what that situation is so that there's no judgment and I can just see what it is. And, um, you know, I'm still seeing it through my lens. There's no extra magical thing. Um, and what I have loved learning about this is that this is a skill like we as humans have. And the the willingness to believe in it is like number one. And, and then the willingness to practice because, oh, my God, let me tell you, it takes discipline. I have to meditate every day so that I can clear myself. And if I don't, like, yeah, it gets a little wonky. Um and that's it. I mean, I, I'm just really excited about it. It's really, it's really been this kind of like, I almost want to say icing on the cake of this process that I've been transitioning into. And I'm turning 40 this week and I feel so good about where I am and how we're moving forward. And I know it's still hard and challenging and there's lots of questions in the air about a lot of things, but the better I am able to put myself into my spiritual practice and spiritual goals, it doesn't mean I'd leave like my very practical, real, tangible family life, right? Like I don't, I'm not going to like go disappear and join like a, a, like a, I don't know, a cult <laughs> or something. 
I, I, it's just a way of integrating this part of me that I've always loved this deeper spiritual sense of myself into my day to day in a way that is not really modeled, um, in, in our lives. And I think is why so many of us struggles because there's a disconnect between our spiritual life and our daily life, especially if you're a working parent or trying to figure out your career. I mean, really any stage of your life, if you're separate from your spiritual life and your body life, like there's a lot of friction and it's hard to figure out how to weave it together. And that's like what I'm really interested in. It's why I have a coaching practice. That's what I love to do. And, and if I think, if, if I think about it, it's like why I do the kind of facilitation and consulting work I do, because it's really about bringing things together that are, that should be working together better, but are still just like still separated for some reason because of misunderstanding or a lack of similar language or whatever it is. My goal is to bring stuff together so that it works better. And I, I think that the most fundamental way we can do that for ourselves, especially as we navigate challenge and change and um, just what the world brings right now, it's going to be some of the most important work that we can all do for ourselves. And that's why I want to be a part of it. It's why I think it's like my my calling in a way. And it's not even... I can't even say it's like, I want to be a part of it. It just is who I am and I'm finally seeing it. And I'm gave myself the permission to get the teachings that I needed to start my journey in a way with that kind of work. So I could just start and like with more clarity, right? More alignment. And it's helping me bring my spirit closer to my body um, alignment. And, and I love it. I love it so much. I'm excited to tell you about it. I'm no longer super weirded out by saying like I do psychic work because psychic has so much, so much associated with it as a word, right? So intuitive work, intuitive work that's clean and clear and meant to say hello to things in a way um, that is empowering, not judgmental, um, neutral, objective, and just to say hello to it so that the person receiving it or that the person seeing it like me, um, we can get something out of it for our own growth. And I think that's really important. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. I haven't had an Inner Light with Ellen podcast episode in a while, and I'm figuring out how the format's going to go because now that I have these two shows, um, I want to f- make them sort of dovetail but not overlap so that if you listen to one and you listen to the other, they're not, they're not, you're not hearing the same thing twice. That'd be annoying and redundant. Um, uh, yeah, so we're going to figure it out, but enjoy. It's been a while since I put it out. Send me any questions you have. Um, about anything that I've talked about. Um, I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me. Also, if you want to work with me, you can get in touch with me on my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. You'll see a book now button. Don't get scared. Go ahead and push it. And it takes you to the scheduler. And there are three types of appointments you can make. Um, But the only one you need if you're a new person who hasn't met me and you want to explore working together is the 45-minute free consultation. Um, if you, yeah, that's it. So we can, we can connect that way. Um, also I want you to subscribe to my newsletter. Um, it's also there. If you scroll to the very bottom of the page on the website, there's a way to subscribe. You'll get a free mapping your energy guide, um, to help you kind of look at where your energy is coming in and going out in your life in a more sort of discernible concrete way. And, um, you'll be, you'll be kept up to date on, on pretty much everything. Um, but that's it. Thank you so much. You can also follow me on Instagram, Ellen Wyoming. Don't do the Deloy. So the one on Instagram is just my maiden name, Ellen Wyoming, and you can find me there as well. Okay. Thanks everybody. I hope you have a great, great day. <laughs>